0: Hi there. My name is Eric Canetti, and this is Eleven O'Clock comments.
1: See, we told you, we warned you, last episode that we'd be back, and we made good on our promises. Let me tell you. So here we are. How are you guys doing? Hmm.
0: Now that I'm talking to y'all It's been a fuck week but, You know Wash it all away tonight so we can chat comics
1: Nice You got a pretty robust uh, reading list For somebody who said Yeah, I didn't get too much read Right? There's a lot of stuff I only read 37 comics today uh, I was shooting for 70
0: but Well this is know. why keeping the journal is good Because it's like Oh, I did read that the other day And then I was able to read a few things today After my uh one conference call before before the other, and then I didn't know how long the calls were going to be or if they were going to require me to do stuff afterwards, so I worked out early. I normally work out after after work. Thank Kurt. So Kirby. I had like uh, two and a half hours before the show started to just sit by the fire and read.
1: Good for you. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. My man. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Look at this. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 781.
0: And I'm Vince B.
2: You are Vince B. I am David A. Price.
0: C. Yo soy Commodore Cristobal Ruiz y Torres y Villanueva de Samosa. Oh, boy.
1: I'm not even going to try that. Um, yeah, you're you're not a Spanish-speaking person. <laughs> what did you actually say? Because I can read and I can translate Spanish in my head while I'm reading it. Uh, but unfortunately i cannot speak it and i can't glom onto the words when they're spoken at that
0: um, I speed i am yes commodore yes. okay. Cristobal ball ruiz e torres e villanueva de Samosa.
1: okay you're not though none of <laughs> that you're none of that you're jason wood everybody here for the second time this week shut up you guys are getting a gift We know you love it. That's why we're here. And you know what we love? Getting our books inexpensively, right? We don't like to pay a lot for our books because the less we pay per copy, the more we can buy. It's science, right? And there's only one place to go if you want to reap the rewards of science, and that's discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Here are the specials that I have picked, and they're the last you're going to hear of them. So if you don't write them down now, I don't know what to tell you. You're just not paying attention. From IDW, it's Godzilla vs. Power Rangers number 1. This is a five-issue miniseries. You're going to get the first issue for 50% off the cover price, which is $3.99, but you are going to get it for $1.99 because that's half of $3.99. From Image, it's called ZVRC, which is a nice way of saying zombies versus robots classic Number one, this is a four issue miniseries, uh, reprinting the old stuff that Ashley Wood and Chris Real did with supposedly new stuff, we'll see. Uh three ninety nine cover price you can has it for tell them. It's easy. Easy peasy. Mm. Oh my god. A dollar
0: I didn't hear what you said. So
1: because you keep flipping and flopping. What are you watching a game?
0: Oh, there's some
1: game I don't know. What the hell do I know? And last, but certainly not least, from Seven Seas, it's the Witches Complete Collection Omnibus. You get the whole kit and caboodle here that was written and drawn by Daisuke Igarashi. Nineteen ninety nine cover price, which is really not that bad because it's over 350 pages. But you're not going to pay that. Nope. You're going to get it for 30% off that price, and you're going to pay $13.99. That is crazy. You're not going to find it cheaper anywhere else. Do yourself a favor. Trape's on over to dcbservice.com. Trape's is a good word. And uh, just take a look around if you're not a regular. uh, You're just going to be stunned at how much you're going to save. dcbservice.com. Bada-bing. Done. That's it. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Since you guys are just champing, champing to get those words oh, out of your goodness. mouth. <laughs> we're,
0: we're not trying to step on your dick.
1: Well, <laughs> you'd have to jump. Uh, I'm drinking. This is was given to me for Christmas, and I guess it's a local thing. Uh, no, it's not. It's from Lucas Vineyards, which is Intertaken, New York. Did you ever hear of Intertake in New York? say yes. I have. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, again, from uh, Lucas Vineyards. It's called Tugboat Red. Uh-oh. And guess what? It's a little on the sweet side. Mmm. Yeah, little. a little. It, just a tad. Enough. I can't have that. Well, see, I have a problem. When I'm thrown the sweets, it makes me want to drink more. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who this is, and oh wow!
0: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain that when we. When okay, we cool. Talk. Yeah, I cool. just wanted you to have it so you could maybe throw it into the. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Tugboat. Tugboat. Choo choo. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking G Zero Lemon Lime. Mm. Yep. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm stuff it is get them electrolytes uh, refilled you know
1: of course i mean i've been just spitting out electrolytes all day <laughs>
2: hey, <yeah. laughs> uh, i am um sipping on a little bit of uh my mictors unblended with uh a splash of soda cool beans
1: I'm glad you guys are energized and ready, because we got a lot of comics.
0: <laughs> you seem to think we're not re- energized. We're ready to go.
1: I'm glad, because we got a lot of comics to talk about. Lots of... Th-
0: it's th- always hard to follow up a list episode, though, because we love doing them, and the people loves to listen to them.
1: Well, I have a list.
0: Oh, I have a
1: top three list of things I'm going to talk about this week. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Is
1: it not a list?
0: Uh, it's not a collaborative list. No
1: Of course not. No, it's not. No, but let's get to it. Let's talk about some comics. unless you got some kind of industry stuff you mm-hmm. want to discuss d- discuss before we go in. No, oh, good. no good. <laughs> good. Throw some comics at me then.
0: All right, well, I sent you a picture so that you could see reference of
1: it's amazing.
0: Uh, the It's one of the newest European imports to make its way into Casa de Wood. Uh, That's actually, I'll get to the the character I introduced myself as at the open is from this book. It is from Ablaze who is quickly rising up the the rankings for me with the stuff they've been putting out.
1: Uh,
0: This is Balbuzar which uh, is a European graphic novel that Ablaze brought over as part of their new uh, All Ages collection. And it is by Gerard. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally butcher these names. Uh, they're both French. Uh, Gerard Moncomble is the writer, and Frederic p o so like Pillow, like P I L L O T, uh, is the artist. And I I wanted to send you guys a picture of uh, the artist with one of the pages because. That is what you're looking at, and I, I know p- folks listening to this don't can't see it right now. You will be able to though in the uh, in the gallery that that Vince always posts. But th- this Frederick Pelo does these paints these illustrations for this graphic novel at a scale that's like a museum mural. I mean, it is many feet long, and he he paints like so. There are original gigantic paintings that he does that are then translated into his. His graphic novel work which is just i've never seen anything like it like it is you know i know a lot of people are familiar with the term of twice up which is two 11 by 17s um back in the back in the day lots of 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 comic artists did that like kirby did a lot of twice ups um not that people don't do it so much anymore because of digital and 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 that sort of thing but but uh, this is like i don't know like six up Maybe maybe eight up? I yeah, mean, it's it's,
1: yeah. it's it's on a grand scale. It's a ridiculous size. It really yeah, is. Yeah, and
0: it's fully painted. And um, I have to say, this is interesting. I remember listening to a chat with Jim Rugg. It was on a... I don't remember what podcast, unfortunately. I would give him credit. But I was listening to him, and this was years ago. And it, But it stuck with me because he was talking about some of the things that he loves about the medium. And at the time, I don't know if he's still this way, but at the time, it, what struck me is he said that he was absolutely fascinated with the uh with 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 uh, picture books, you know, children's storybooks, because he really was fascinated by the idea that there's this distinction between like a picture book and a comic, because from his vantage they're the same. Exactly. You know? Yeah, right. So and I remember him saying at the time, and it was one of those aha moments where I thought, he's totally right. Like he's totally right, but I never thought of it that way. And I, I mention that because this book is very much a children's picture book, meaning that when you open up, and it's—I um, don't have the dimensions, but it's—it's it's a hardcover. It's probably, oh, it's thirteen. It's like, it's like a—it's not—it's about the size of a treasury edition, maybe a little smidge smaller, but about that size. But most of the book is a double-page splash of this incredibly ornate painted, uh, very uh animated style. I mean, it's hard to believe that he actually paints this because it looks almost like cell animation. It's incredibly detailed, extremely over exaggerated proportionally, like not at all realistic. Um looks like it could be from uh almost like a um a Miyazaki uh film at times, but like with a little bit more of a of a of a finished sort of European painterly, like like film over it, but like those kind of proportions, those kinds of whimsical designs for the ships. But this book is uh, about a pirate named Balbazar, and each page is a double page painting, and then there's just a bunch of of prose, you know. So it's not like there's no word balloons; it's literally a prose book or a storybook with with prose on on one page um, within the the illustration, and the rest is the illustration. But it's an absolute treat. It's it's about this, uh, as I said, this pirate named Balbazar, and he's the best pirate, at least if not the world, this in this particular area. And he pretty much is just uh, having he and his crew are having his way with this with this trade route. And so this queen uh, is super pissed off because she uh, she's tired of getting her her, her stuff ransacked. So she hires the uh, Commodore that I mentioned, Cristobal Ruiz y Torres y Villanueva de Somoza. And it just tickled me to no end because they write out the full name every time that he's mentioned. That's awesome. It. That yeah, is yeah, great. Totally. Uh, and he, much like Balbazar, is uh, he's not like the bumbling idiot guy. He actually is a badass, too. So basically, it's a story of Balbazar finally meeting his match. And so you've got uh, these two pirates or sea captains. One is one is a, a Commodore, one is a pirate and they're both highly capable and they they basically go at it uh, trying to get the best of one another for much of the story uh, and Commodore being that he has essentially unlimited funds because of uh, having the backing of the Queen continues to, almost like Wile e. Coyote style um, raise the stakes and Balazar continues to answer them and uh and and that's basically the story. I mean, it's it's not very in depth. It it it's it's just that it's it's this larger than life personality finally meeting up with his his match, and you follow along to see, you know, if 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 our if the titular character can uh, can continue to be the winner. Um, but the 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 artwork by Pillow is just it's so incredible. I've, I've I. Shudder to say this, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, um, at, at least in terms of, of the particular aesthetic that he chooses to draw characters. It, it, it's like I said, it, it looks very much like animation. In fact, if, if you looked at this book, you might think it's computer generated. And then to find out that it's not only not computer generated, but it's this that he's painting these just gigantic Full size paintings to do this book. I, I I can't imagine how long it took him to to do this book, considering how large each of these paint paintings is. I mean, it must have taken him years. This would be my guess. Um, but uh, it was really special and a lot of fun. And I hope a blaze can continue to put out or find product and then bring it over here of this quality. And uh, you know, I'm 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 a fan of seafaring stories. Um, and and certainly this book is like ch- just chock full of uh, of 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 all of that aesthetic, including whales and narwhals and, and orcas and, you know, all kinds of fish. And it's just a blast. It really is. And I just, I think it's, it's, it is all ages. And I think it's genuinely all ages, meaning that, that certainly you could read this to your kiddos, but it's not going to come at you the expense of you enjoying it. You know, I think that's the magic of a good all ages book is that it, it's not a slog for an adult to read it. Um, and that's exactly what this is. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a remarkable feat. Like I, I just, I hope people at least after listening to this Google uh, the book and see the art because it's just I certainly can't do it justice in a in a in the spoken word but it's it's stunning stunning stuff and uh, just the scale with which he endeavored to make this book and the love he must have put into it at the time I hope that he was well compensated for it because like <laughs> it's just crazy to me to think that each of these is a giant painting like the size of like a car so yeah, there's yeah, a, there's so a little bit of
1: a uh gerald scarfe kind of feel to it, okay. of it but there's only one reason to to work this big is to sell him oh sure yeah, yeah i mean he's not i'm mean, sure he's benefiting in terms of the intensity of the detail by working huge and then you know sizing down i get it and there's a lot of detail in this but i think over a certain size he's not really reaping any benefits in terms of detail like if he worked oh, right, four yeah. up it would have been like okay this is fine but he's working like eight ten up this is probably more these things are huge but i'm guessing he's gonna he's making a good amount of money selling them which kudos to him right
0: yeah i mean the the artist whose name escapes me i forget uh the artist's name offhand but i know i told you i looked up uh his pages after we love that book and they were available and they were normal size meaning Comic size, and they were twenty five, thirty thousand each. Yeah. So, uh, I would imagine these are probably more. Know, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, not. I don't. Maybe, but he, I would imagine when you make them these size too, you probably he probably has a gallery, right? I mean, yeah. It's probably a French gallery that he works with or something. Um, and then, so yeah, so the and then the 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 elevator pitches, without a doubt one of the most famous pirates of all time. But he was more than that. He was a friend of the birds, the wind, and the sea. Listen to his story. So kudos to Ablaze. Uh, once again, it's Balbuzar, B-A-L-B-U-Z-A-R, and uh, it's an absolute home run. So Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous.
1: It's the kind of thing that stops you dead in your tracks where, yes, the book is gorgeous, but once you see the size of the original art, you're like, you have to stop.
0: That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, because I started reading, like I said, and I'm like, oh, it's probably digital. And then I, I googled the guy's name to see if 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 he had done anything else that you know has been translated here in the states or learned a little about him before the show, and one of the first images that came up was the the one I just sent you of him standing next to the painting, and I'm like and and I'm like, the paintings is bigger than he is that's that's crazy like what <laughs> I'm like, man, this guy, <laughs> so
1: yeah. It's just mind-boggling, and yeah. but remember, it's an a blaze book, which means it was probably published somewhere else first. So I'm guessing oh, yeah, yeah. this yeah, guy no. has a following
0: already. Well, right, this is a French. It's a it's an import. It's yeah. Um, let's see if it. I don't a blaze with their isn't like uh, with magnetic. It says right on the front page, like where you know where it's from. When so it where it should it. be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's the back page. Um. It, yeah, sorry, it doesn't say. I, 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 don't see if and when it was, where it was published. I'm sure it was published somewhere else, but I don't see where. So,
1: well, I'm on it. What's the price of that, by the way?
0: Uh, it is twenty two ninety nine cover price, and I believe a blaze at DCBS is thirty five percent off. I wow, want to say. that's awesome! Right? They're giving it away. Yeah, it was probably what like fifteen bucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. How How the hell did I miss that? Who knows? I was probably distracted. Man, you, you know how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. What else do we have? I don't want to follow that. That joyful. Well, um, I have something, but it, it, it it's a book that sent me down a rabbit hole. It really did. Okay. Uh, because I was aware of this artist's work before reading this but i wasn't clued into the the finer points of their life and times uh but thanks to uh microcosm love microcosm um this little book written and illustrated by lucy talbot allen it's called so death will end the story of forrest bess outsider artist and gender visionary 1911 to 1977. It's a very long title. Sorry. Uh, but it, it, um, Bess's work impacted the author, uh, Lucy Talbot Allen. And from now on, I'm just going to say LTA because there's a lot of words. Um, they were exposed to Bess's work at an exhibition, um, called Outliers and American Vanguard Art at the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. in 2018, right? And uh, a hot-button topic for me, to be sure. The exhibition highlighted the intersection between outsider art, that despicable term, um, and the mainstream art world. You know how I feel about that designation, right? Outsider art. Uh, drives me absolutely crazy because um to 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 deem someone an outsider because they haven't followed the prescribed path on their way to personal expression is complete and utter bullshit. Right? Um that you didn't follow that stepping stone of, of formal training. You didn't go to school to paint, so therefore you're an outsider. It just it it, it, it just curls my toes. It pisses me off totally because you don't need it. and it, um, I don't think the, the administration at the college has picked up on it yet, but f- with every class, I tell them within the first five minutes, you guys don't need me. You don't need this. Um, this is just uh, your uh, escapades here at the college are just to let everyone else know that you paid a whole lot of money for a piece of paper. That means nothing. Um, sure me sharing some of my experience with you if you pay attention and actually put the time in and do the work, you'll grow as an artist, but is it essential to you becoming an artist? Hell no. I, I have to be honest, it's not. I don't think formal education is a factor, a necessary factor in becoming an artist. It's just the way this stupid, messed up world conditions people to think, right? Be that as it may. So, um, Force Bess was a self-taught artist from the sticks of Texas, and and he, because he was smart, uh, circumvented traditional avenues of expression in favor of a road that I think is more pure, and and unvarnished, self-taught. Mm-hmm. In in other words, as it should be, right? But Bess also skirted traditional thoughts on gender and sexuality, and much more on this in a bit. And I'm trying not to say he because I shouldn't. I should say they. Um, but it, it was these aspects about Bess, these, these slivers of, of the being that was Forrest Bess that connected with LTA, the author. And in their own words, they saw Bess, Bess as both a sibling and a fellow traveler in queerness. So for the majority of the comic, the author speaks directly to Bess. It's like a, an open letter addressed to him or them. Um, but uh, it's a little stitch of a comic. It's about 14 pages of story and, and art um, accompanied by some, some other stuff, uh, a lead-in and a, you know little little house ads. but it, it encapsulates a whole bunch of time in 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 Bess's life like the formative years uh I won't stray too far from the necessary bits but Bess was prone to visions at a very young age they would see like animals in their their bedroom um like a a a lion or a tiger sitting on a stool or a chair and um The parents were very much against them going to art school. They wanted their child to attend West Point. But thankfully, Bess flunked the physical. So they compromised and went on to study architecture. And while at college, Bess was a tireless reader. And it was here they encountered the concept of the hermaphrodite, which is very important for what is to come. I should point out that the time is roughly the 1930s. So, not exactly the most liberal of of eras, right? Um, uh, Bess drops out of school, wanders a bit, and, and thanks to the war, joins the army. And they rose to the rank of captain in the Corps of Engineers. Uh, they designed camouflage, which is really cool. But something happened in '46. Best drank too much and made a pass at one of their fellow soldiers and got the shit kicked out of them and almost received a court-martial and, uh, because of all of it, had a mental breakdown, uh, during which they were once again plagued by visions. And all these visions went on to fuel their visual art. But here's where it gets really interesting, in my opinion. Bess was also influenced by the work of Carl Jung, especially Jung's theories that the joining of the conscious and the unconscious minds could heal humanity, okay, and unite this splintered mind. So he theorized that, that if you could just join these, these two parts of the, the mind, humanity would, would live free of cruelty and oppression. Nice, nice, right? Uh, is it possible? Uh, uh, but Bess took it one step further, and he saw the conscious and the unconscious as masculine and feminine aspects of thought, and concluded that the hermaphrodite was a crucial step on the path to enlightenment. and uh they deduced that surgery could produce the desired pseudo hermaphrodite and rejoin the split mind so that's exactly what best did in 1960
0: uh they were so wait wait wait, wait. What they just you su-
1: just listen yeah right. they were well read and experienced in anatomy and painkillers And they operated on themselves. They took a scalpel and opened a gateway to the largest part of the urethra by cutting a trench, a fistula, at the base of their scrotum and presumed that intercourse in said opening would result in complete integration of the split mind. And trigger rejuvenation of the organism. That's where the title comes from. So death will end. Now, I'm not going to be able to follow that, right? Uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that cliffhanger. Was best successful? Uh, I think you should read the comic to find out. But because Bess was um, self-taught, and uh, if... if uh, You've seen their work. It's a very... uh, ...primitive style. uh, Faux naïve, right? Um, The artwork in this... ...by... um, ...Lucy Talbot Allen is similar. It's not extravagant. It's not elegant. It's... uh, ...as rough as it needs to be, but... It, it speaks to that 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 horrible horrible outsider art term in that it's unfettered, uh, it's accomplished. I think it's 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 perfectly fitting for the book, but it's not what Jason was talking about with the uh, the uh, ablaze book where it's lush and vibrant and and uh, of a certain style. This is raw, and it's unfettered, and it should be. Uh, I thought like I said this book opened up uh, a huge rabbit hole for me because where um, the book uh, is only limited by the number of pages and that's 14 there's a whole lot of stuff out there on Forrest best that I uh, that I'm just soaking up right now because I find the person fascinating like to think that I have this theory and I'm going to uh, Test it and try and prove it, and achieve a higher plane of existence by cutting a a a massive trench in myself. Right, that's dedication. Um, Some would say that's also insanity or craziness. But I, you know, who are we to say? Um, Fascinating stuff. I know you guys are probably like, "What the hell did you read?" But it just goes to I, I'm enamored by the lengths to which this person went to step up uh, in terms of of uh, cosmic evolution. Now, like I said, I'm not going to spill the beans. Uh, read up on this if you want. Uh, Microcosm Publishing has it. I think it's like six bucks for this this uh, this little comic. It's uh, eight and a half by eleven, folded in half, pretty stiff. um covers and it's just it's black and white i thought it was great uh, refreshing because it's not the, the stuff i normally uh devour but i couldn't turn away once the the outsider art uh button was pushed and the fact that it's just transgressive on a lot of levels um intentionally so so i thought the, the there's a page with um bess preparing to operate on himself Uh, themselves and it's like whoa
2: um
1: yeah it's 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 different so check it out so death will end uh for us best it's cool
0: it's good stuff so homie tried to give himself a sex change
1: no he tried to retain his male part while opening a fissure that oh, would allow
0: se- oh, that so coming a hermaphrodite, right?
1: That would allow Got another okay. uh, or a, a male to insert. Oh boy! His piece into yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool.
0: Listen, I'll follow you on a lot of journeys, but I don't think this is one of them. <laughs>
1: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I
0: don't know, man. because I, I could never be a doctor because the idea of this, of, of like blood, open, like just I can't, stop, I can't deal with it. So this, this is, whew, it's giving me. It's I got cold sweats just hearing you talk about right, it. Right, but the, the,
1: the, the drive, the absolute, being consumed by this concept, to the point where you would willingly. Open that up, right? Um, in 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 the the confines of of your own home, like not in the hospital, not with. I mean, clearly, dude is
0: mentally ill. I
1: mean, uh, is he? Is, are they? Y- I don't yes. know. I don't know. Yes, yes. I don't know. Long live the new flesh, right? I don't know. Okay. I mean, was Genesis P. orge mentally ill? Uh, I don't know. Like. It, what is mentally ill <clears throat> again i mean yes there are ways to define that but when you have ideas that fall outside of the mainstream or conventional thought are you insane or are you know maybe you're onto to something i don't know mm. that's that's the thing that i find very fascinating about this that um who can say it's unfortunately
0: such as, it, such as it is
1: right uh bass has passed so, um, all we have now is the mythology and the history. And I think it's worth investigating. I, I, not to follow down the same path, but to just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's intensely interesting to me that someone would be driven to the point of doing this to themselves just to, I mean, you got a 50-50 chance, right? <laughs> In theory. Cool. And, and, but the things that made them think that their chances were good is what fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the different stuff,
0: and this just... Oh, no doubt. No, yeah, I, this... Listen, it sounds interesting, but I just know my own... Uh, like, I I can look at hyperviolence, no problem, but for some reason, especially because this is true, like the idea of someone trying to create a new orifice in themselves is hard to... cool right
1: i mean i i'm a a a voracious reader of raw vision magazine and that is a collection of artists who who speak uh outside of the uh the mainstream they they were never formally trained and if you put their work next to the work of accepted artists meaning those that that you know either were formally trained or somehow bamboozled the 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 art world into thinking they were there's really no difference there's no difference at all it's just that you know someone within the art world deems them worthy or unworthy and and that's all it really takes right Mm -hmm. and so uh it, it that that is the the horrible Stigma under which these, these artists work was they, they have that, that disgusting title of, of outsider artists just because they ain't playing the game. And who's the smarter one? I don't know. I don't know. It drives me crazy. Thank you for validating me because I've, I've paid you almost $100,000 for this, this piece of paper that says that I'm good enough. Screw you. It's not how it works. It's not how it Spreaky. should work. It's not how it yeah. should work. Yeah. I, well, um, for, for medicine and science and and things with um that could really entail life and death, like, yeah, you better be trained. You better have gone through your paces because you're talking about human life. But for just throwing paint on a canvas to express yourself, you don't need any kind of formal training. Mm-hmm. Nope.
0: Speak on it. Yeah.
1: Dap, this is your part.
0: <laughs> you handed it off. Yeah. It was Q.
2: No, I was it. just thinking about the book. Um, it does sound interesting,
0: though.
1: It was that. Yeah. It's not something you're going to read and just like, okay, what's next? Right? right? It, it kind of just... It actually knocks the wind out of you when when you turn that page and, you know, you see them sitting in a chair.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it is the month to get uh, the wind knocked out of you, considering our book of the month we'll be discussing next week. But, um, yeah, I'm just going around and grabbing things that have been just sitting here waiting to be read um, some old, some new, um, letting a couple things finish up uh, as far as like limited series and things like that. But one thing I did sit down and read, um, which is kind of a quick read, but, uh, I picked it up because Vince handed it to me at, uh, book off last year. And, uh, when we were in the city. And it is called Maximum Volume, published by Kitchen Sink, um in conjunction with Heavy Metal. It was originally published in Heavy Metal under the title Master Volume, uh, which is what it says on the first page of the story. Uh it's by Ciro, S-I-R-O, uh translated by uh Michela Nonis. Edited by Deborah Rabbis, lettered by Adam Kubert, and the lettering is a bit of a misstep at times uh, in spots. Cover design and interior production by uh, Joe Yardley. This was um, this was published here in the states uh, by Kitchen Sink in 1994, um, and it doesn't necessarily read or feel like something that would be that old. It definitely is from heavy metal. There's there's no doubt about that. But um, when I first flipped through it, it reminded me of the um, Ranks Rocks a lot. Like the art style was very reminiscent to me. But upon closer inspection, as I get further into the book, there's... zero um, definitely isn't as polished. There's some lines where it's like, oh, that would... Kind of reminds me of something like Dave Stevens would draw, but it doesn't. Um, it doesn't have the finesse. the the The, the bones are there, but the, the finishing touches are are lacking um, here and there. But uh, color is vibrant. It's it's got an airbrushy quality to it. Um, but there's definitely some things lost in the translation, and and that's and and i mean that literally because of the way kubert has lettered this that there's um i'm guessing they didn't modify any art uh word balloons or caption boxes but um and and that's fine if 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 they have that that's that's all they have to work with but um it's there's a lot of empty white spaces and, uh, poorly placed words in balloons and, and, and caption boxes. There's, there's a lot of white space in uh, the following a paragraph, the, um, the, the, as big as the word balloons are, when it's just a couple of words in it, uh, it's like they're swimming in there. It's almost like the, the character's whispering just because how small the lettering is compared to how big, uh, the balloon is but the these nitpicking the 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 aesthetics or the production value it it's it's a it's an interesting story and there's there's a lot of it that was that 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 caused me to scratch my head um it's it seems to be a complete there, there isn't anything more to read that I could tell the the way this ends, um, but you're thrown right into this futuristic world where, um, where music seems to be uh, to be all and end all. It's that that that's that's well, at least in these people's lives, it's the most important thing there is. Um, there is a uh, there's a man dressed in orange who wears an uh, an orange suit and and uh and tie and he uh he seems to have some abilities psychic abilities uh he can manipulate people um and he when we meet him he's uh he's made a bet with an older gentleman that um that he would be able to cure his um his wife's alcoholism, um, and uh, and yeah, she's never going to pick up a bottle again because he's pretty much, I mean, an orange turned her into a vegetable. I mean, she was naked on on his his chase. She was ready to get down and dirty with him. I don't know if they did, um, but she had no problem throwing herself at him, even though she's married. Uh, but the na- we see her. St- sitting there naked and then the next time we see her she's um just got a blank look on her face and 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 she's drooling and her eyes are up in the back of her head and she's just not not there at all and then her husband ends up um because yes the bet was i would cure your wife she'd never pick up a bottle again and she isn't um but the man her husband ends up um well, it looks as though he may have thrown himself out of a window, but uh, it, it it also might be that uh, the bodyguards of the man in orange helped him get down to the uh, ground floor quicker than the elevators could. But we um, we also introduced to a reporter, and this is weird. This, this is this is where I definitely knew it was in heavy metal magazine. It, it was from heavy metal because um, there's a uh, there's there's a young woman. Who, um, who is about to, uh, who's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it really is a weird book. Uh, she, um, she, she's from Bedcourt Magazine. She, she's, she's laying down. She sprawled out on her bed. Um. looks like she's watching a porn, but she's, she's sitting here on a bed and she's her, her, um, she's, she's all lined up for an interview. Um, and she's excited about this interview. She's, uh, she's all set to interview the man dressed in orange. Um, she thinks it's for the next morning, 10 AM. And while she's, uh, she's, she's getting ready to call it an early night. this, it looks like a young boy um, pinches her I'm guessing on the rear because she's on the phone and all of a sudden she screams ouch and, um, and the little boy says you're not leaving yet we we, we we was having fun let's play and he's drawing his fingers up the backside of of her and 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 she has a look on her face that um she's not about to say no and she's all into it. It's an extremely weird panel. I'm not quite sure what the hell's going on here. I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I. I don't know if you know. Kids suffers from Benjamin, but he, I just. I'm looking at this, and it's a very young boy, and I'm like, that's fucking weird. And get past that though, and 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 you keep moving on, and uh, and there's apparently somebody who is against the man dressed in orange, um, a, uh, a musician, a guitarist, uh, by the name of, uh, Akisto Voss. And, uh, he, basically, he can make music, do whatever he wants. Um, so while he's playing on stage, the limo that's supposed to pick up our reporter, uh, gets into a massive accident so someone set all this up because they don't want this reporter to talk to the man dressed in orange and uh the reporter is pretty much an idiot because she thought it was for 10 a.m but it was 10 p.m and 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 so so the accident happened 12 hours ago she finally walks out of her her room her her apartment and sees the accident but um veto is is there one of the dressed in orange bodyguards he's there to pick her up and and make sure that uh you know she gets to um his boss okay and uh she she makes her she does talk to him for a little while and the interview is um is cut short but um he he gives her a pin uh, in the shape of a guitar, and, and and so she's wearing it. And this, of course, has uh, she can now no longer she she can never remove it. It and and he's this is hard to explain because it 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 kind of is just all over the place the way the story takes uh, unfolds. The Voss uh, ends up going to her apartment. The little boy is there. Um, the little boy doesn't know. Where um, where she is, so Voss ends up kind of like torturing him, and 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 using his guitar makes the kid's head just explode, and and we see it nice wide panel of 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 this kid's head just splurt going full scanners, and um and and Voss's girlfriend isn't um, isn't too keen on on his actions right there. Uh, but she's still going along with it there's uh, we we see some other people who just kind of are introduced and based on the conversations people have they have an issue or grudge um against the man dressed in orange or a Voss and and how everything has to come to a head uh the the uh the, the, the reporter ends up going to a, um, going to the garden and it is, it, it it it's a massive garden full of, of, of lush, vibrant life. And, and she's like, she, she thinks the garden is gross. Tens of thousands of green acres suspended over civilization. Uh, and this place is scary. I'll never understand why, why, uh, now I understand why no one wants to live here. All that vegetation is just yuck. And, and it's like, she's just been in the city her whole life. That's all she knows. and, and, I'm not quite really sure what this what 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 the message if there was a message that they were trying to um that hero was trying to tell with this story um, but it it's it doesn't necessarily end on on a happy note because of how some of the players uh how their fates how they meet their fates but it was it was, it was an interesting time. I'm just, I, I I read it. I'm not, I, I, it it was an interesting experience, but it's definitely one of those things where I'm just like, I don't, I, I read it and I didn't read a lot over the past week and change. So I'm like, I'm not going to really have much to, to bring to the table tonight, but I'm like, well, I read this and I'll talk about it because Vince said, Hey, check this out. And I did finally. And, and, um, it's just really just weird is, is that that's, that's, that's kind of the pull quote. And it's not like it's, it, it it's not a, it's, it's not necessarily weird. I'm not using that word as, as we've read some weird things in recent years and, and, you know, that would be a decent descriptor, but um, I'm using weird in this case because it's just kind of, I said all over the place and I was just waiting for something to come together, something to click. And, and I, maybe, maybe I am missing something. Maybe the story started before this and, and I'm not quite sure who, uh, where I might've also seen the, um, where the characters may have appeared elsewhere. Um, but, but there's, there are pages, there are panels that look really cool. And then there's some that are a little, um, sloppy or lazy we, we get the obligatory um butt shot when uh our heroine is is bending over trying to climb up onto a ledge um yeah you know, he, he likes the female form and i have no problem with that um but it was just it it it, it was a strange trip man i just i don't i really it starts off pretty cool and then it just goes into some goes down some avenues that I just it it, it was hard for me to follow along with. This is basically what I'm saying. It it's a bummer. It it looks pretty cool. I really just I I I, I thought I was going to sit down and really enjoy it and this was going to knock my socks off, but um, it kind of didn't. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's just I, I I just I I expected something else, and that wasn't what it was. That that that's on me. But it was um it was just, it's just weird. I, I, I really don't know how else to describe it. There you go. Someone goes.
1: Yeah. Jason.
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to let my brain catch back up. Cause, uh, because you, you both just took me on rides that were hard to follow. It's like bucking yes. Bronco. I was like, I'm trying to hold on here, but it's been hard. It's been hard. Um, you Vince, because I don't think I want to picture what you were saying. I followed what you were saying, but I don't, and then and then <laughs> Dap, because I think Dap's uh, confusion of reading it uh, came through in his described description of the confusion of reading it. <laughs> um. I am I want to I want to bring the feel goods to to the to the app because you Vince hi in our Monday episode in just 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 passing I mean it wasn't intentional it was just you mentioned uh you just happened to mention our 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 good friends at Nobrow Hell yeah uh, and and I say good friends cuz cuz pre-pandemic our our good buddy and friend and patron and fellow podcaster Tony Esmond who we've talked about quite a bit of late because of the uh, cool stuff he's been doing, creating comics with Adam Falp and Sarah and the like. Um, he was working with uh, No Brow for a while. I admittedly uh, don't know if that's still happening or not, just because I haven't seen him mention No Brow in a bit, and obviously it could be pandemic-related, because I know a lot of, a lot of what he was doing was related to going to the cons, so I, maybe it's just on pause. Either way, um, we are collectively big fans of No Brow. We have talked about quite a lot of their books over the years. Uh, very, very high quality output. And after you mentioned No Brown Passing the other day, it's just like a light bulb went off, and I thought, wait a minute. I'm like, it has been a freaking minute since I read a No Brown book. Why is that? I don't oh, because that's what it was. You, you were saying that they. it's a shame they went away, and then Dap and I were like, no, they didn't go away. They're right, cool because, yeah. because I'm
1: stupid, because I have this weird association with Koyama. Right, and right. and no brow and I don't know where it comes from. I know the association with Tony. Like, why can't I get it into my head that they're two different entities? But for whatever reason, right, right, right. I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, so it's that—that's so,
1: just some stupid thing I do.
0: That that looking up to make sure I wasn't wrong and that they were in fact still in business, then had me thinking, oh, wait a minute though. Like they are still putting out stuff. Why aren't I like? What's go going- Why well, haven't I read anything by them lately? And I didn't have an answer because there were two books that I was very eagerly awaiting that um, that had been published. And now I got to go back because I would have I could have sworn I pre-ordered these books and I never received them. So either they were canceled in the direct market. I'm not sure what happened. The point being, I ordered them from the Zahn because I was like, wait a minute, these books are already out and i read them and it's a it's it, these are these are sequels to books that we have passionately talked about and adored uh previous versions that is uh up first is uh, Stig and Tilde. Remember Stig and Tilde? Yep. The the brother and sister who in their area where they live there is a time honor tradition where when they hit adolescence kids are to grab a dinghy and go out to this is a, a place where there's just tons and tons of little islands and um, spend a few weeks uh, on their own without adult supervision. It's it's just this tradition that's been around for hundreds of years. And uh, we we read and, and enjoyed the first two volumes of Stig and Tildy. Uh, it's, it's written and drawn by Max uh, uh, Deradigay, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, and at the time of the second volume coming out, they had previewed the third volume, the loser squad. And like I said, I, I, I I was like, wait a minute, why I didn't know this came out, but it came out last year. And so I read the third volume, which is, uh, the loser squad. And I will say that, uh, basically the adventure continues. Um, the, the first two were way more, um, what's the word, uh, not frightening, but, like, they seemed a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more—the um, uh, stakes seemed higher than in this one. Because in this one, the the island they end up on, a.k.a. The, the Loser Squad, it's basically an island that's populated by other kids at a camp. And they meet up with a bunch of outcasts who aren't part of the camp, and hijinks ensue. But like it's not a, like whereas in the the first two volumes there's like there's high high adventure there's there's risk to you know real danger real I mean there's real threat to their safety um, not so much in this one this one is more about coming of age relationships uh, you know that sort of thing um, but still highly enjoyable and very fun to go back and uh, revisit the the uh, the precocious tw- twins uh, again so um definitely nice to do that and then bluntly more excited is to return to a book that I uh, I know I talked about but I'm pretty sure Vince talked about it first and and really really went in on it uh justifiably so and that is Gamayon Tales. Yep. And I picked up the second volume, Gamayon Tales 2, uh also written and drawn by Alexander Utkin. Um for those that don't remember our prior discussions and no shame there it was a few years ago uh the gamayun tales are uh, an anthology of modern russian folklore so as we know there are lots of different uh, uh regional uh beliefs and folklore and a lot of them have similar morality tales but uh, you know with the with the different pastiche and uh, the first volume was amazing it uh, it actually has been reprinted in three separate hardcovers too. If for I guess for if if people are so inclined, but because uh, the the version I think I have and I'm pretty sure Vince has is uh, a paperback. Uh, but I have the second the Gammy Tales two is also a paperback and it's um, it is a, it, it's it's basically two two fairy tales. Um, the, it's it's almost two hundred pages. But it's really two fairy tales. One involving uh the old hag witch Baba Yaga and a girl who is sent or goes on a quest to find Baba Yaga and get a uh, a fire uh uh from her that can hopefully cure her her father who's on uh knocking on death's door. Uh and in order to get this uh you know, in order to get this fire, she Baba Yaga tasks her with three very, very hard uh, quests, you know, m- much like Hercules and his. his. It's like she has to do three really difficult things. If she does them, she gets the fire. If she fails at them, she will be beheaded and her head will sit on a pike uh, like many other of the uh, of the heads that are in front of Baba Yaga's house. Uh, and then following that is a story of the golden apples, which is kind of like a play on the golden fleece. And it is a story of, um, of three princes who are sent one each at a time on a quest to find these golden apples. The first, the oldest son fails, the middle son fails, and then the third, the younger son, goes on the quest finally. And uh, you'll have to read it yourself to find out if he fails. Or if you happen to be of Russian descent or happen to maybe study folklore in college, you maybe know the answer to that because I think it's a pretty well-known folktale from that region. But uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, as we said back then, Utkin's art is really distinctive. It's uh, it, it's he, he it's got tons of great color play. A very muted color palette, like it's a, it's very flat. But the but but the the animation style is, is, is awesome. It uh, it it's not quite like Don Bluth esque. There's a much more sharp line, almost like a, a like a. A 1960s like art agent ad agency kind of like design to the line, and it's it's just it's a it's fin- it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. The 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 uh, the imagery is 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 a home run again as it was in the first one. Uh, it was a super quick read, uh, and I have to say I didn't know much about these stories, so uh, that kind of makes it fun because certainly we're more familiar with other. You know folklore from other parts of the world and while it can be fun reading adaptations of those, it's I think a little bit more enjoyable to read these stories which are uh, completely de novo to me so yeah, I hope they do a third volume I would imagine there's there's pretty much an unending supply of stories he can adapt if he's still enjoying himself so yeah, I just wanted to give a little love to Nobrow man because it's been a long time since we talked about them and uh, that's a damn shame because they're still putting out that, that good good
1: yeah the, the Gamma Yun a bit deceptive in that it's not dialogue or heavy in, in, in any kind of narrative, uh, like prose content, but the images are ridiculous. So, you know, even though there's not a lot to read per se in these books, the images just like stop you dead. So, oh, yeah, sure. I, I can't get through it all that quick. So, and, and, and they're like, you said, it's like 200 pages. It takes me a good while to go through them because I'm just loving the art. Like, I just stop and just, I study the composition and the way that the, the, um, the colors dragged across the, 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 the uh, canvas. I think they're, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't have the second one, by the way. I gotta, I gotta rectify that. That's
0: what I'm saying. No, I, I just, I just bought both of these because, because I was like, oh, I, you know, like I said, we, I don't know what happened to them. I'm, I'm 90% sure that they were solicited in previous at some point, and that we, and that I pre-ordered them. But I'm guessing because they did come out based on when they came out, I'm guessing they probably were canceled because of the pandemic, and then maybe either resolicited yeah. and I missed it, or. Just not not solicited through the direct market now only available in the book market. Not sure how that went. Maybe maybe if Tony, when he listens to this, he'll he'll know the answer to that. But uh, either way, I'm I'm glad to see that they're still putting out the, the, the stuff. And um, I hope right. there's there's volume four of Taken Stillness and volume three of this.
1: Right, it's good stuff. Nice. Let me see here. Look at this. I got something. It's an oversized comic. And I gotta be honest with you. If you're a fan of uh, horror laced science fiction, or you're a fan of Kaiju, the story here is not gonna break new ground. I'll be totally honest. You've probably read this before. Mm -hmm. But, but, I will be, I'm totally confident in the fact that. I do not believe you have seen a story like this visualized to this degree before. Because this is from uh, Stonebot and Red 5 Comics. And it's called Mega. And this is the first issue. Like I said, oversized comic, which is good because it's in the title. Mega, it's big. Uh, Long story short, Earth was once a prison planet. And these really nasty uh call them elder gods call them kaiju call them what you want we're imprisoned here uh somebody frees a creature that is uh known as the salamander in uh towards the end of the book the design on this creature is absolutely amazing the geometry is just so fucked up and weird and that's perfect right because the book is lovecraftian So when you say infernal geometry, you know what we're talking about. It's a strange-looking, almost faceless creature that's equal parts texture, sharp angles, and it's just a massive, monstrous horror. It is really big. So somebody lets this creature out, and um, in order to uh, balance the scales... Another creature is summoned, and so like I said, you, you've, you've heard this before, uh, big, bad, we need uh, you know uh, to summon it, it's, it's polar opposite to take it out. Uh, there's a young girl child in this book. Um, her name's Tina, and grandpa has gone missing. but grandpa comes to her in her dreams, or are they? and i'm telling you there's real honest to god magic in this book because the way salvador sans that's the writer and the artist artist the way salvador sans draws this sequence where the girl is in her bed and the room kind of just melts away and there's flowing water a body of water underneath the bed and a star field above it grandpa's sitting on the lower end of the bed and the kids like is this real are, are are you dead like what's going on and and the grandpa's like wait a minute wait 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 D- don't worry about any of that now what you got to do go in my bag i have a present for you in there you got to get it and you got to you got to blow into this horn and she's like grandpa what are you, what are you talking about and the tina uh tells her father single father single parent you know what's going on and and Father's like you saw Grandpa. Grandpa went missing. Like, whenever, uh, this is just strange. So she blows this horn, and wouldn't you know it, this horn is the thing that summons the Mega to battle this this salamander type creature. It's a two issue series, uh, seven ninety nine I think. Yeah, seven ninety nine cover price. But you're getting your money's worth because it's on really slick paper, full color, um, clay coat covers. It's very, very glossy. There's a, a sequence. The, the, the reason why I was hooked so hard was there's a sequence right in the beginning. There's a map of Antarctica and this amo this looking dude is cutting a cake. He's shaping a cake. right? And he shapes the cake into the shape of Antarctica. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So And, and he pulls out this dagger-looking thing, which I find out later on is a key. And he drags this dagger key across the cake. And then you see the continent of Antarctica and a giant trench forms in the landmass, exactly where he placed it in the cake. And it, the, the land just splits open in this massive structure, which we later find out is the salamander in this like, cocoon-like structure erupts and it's just it's amazingly well done i'm telling you there's magic in these pages there's penguins in it too so again with the lovecraft right mountains of madness this thing is just unbelievably beautifully rendered i see corbin in it but of course i see corbin in the sidewalk so i, was going to say,
0: I see charles burns in it
1: charles burns hmm. in the people Okay. Yeah, yeah, but the people are kind of, kind of blocky and a little, uh, what's the word? Like doughy looking. That to me screams Corbin. You know, when mm-hmm. the, the 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 kind of squarish features on some of them, and uh, the especially the little uh, Tina, the way uh, Sands draws the little girl is it looks very Corbin. The color modeling is not Corbin. I think the rendering looks a little like Corbin to me. But uh I'm struggling to find another artist that approximates this. Maybe um Brian Talbot in some sections. Uh but it's just gorgeous and it's it, it's color coded with meaning most of it is is very cool blues, muted um Muted blues and uh, purples, and, like very cool covers, colors. But then there's a sequence where the salamander crawls up on top of a building and starts belching out lava, and it turns all hot reds. Reds and oranges and pinks, and it's just, it's, it's an amazing, amazing book. I'm stunned at just how gorgeous it is. It's only two issues. So if you didn't order, or pre-order them, Here's your chance to get the trade paperback because it's offered in this month's previews. Red 5 Comics, look under there in that section. And I think it's 20 bucks for the the trade paperback. Uh I'm sure there's going to be extra added goodies in it because um this is maybe 48 50 some pages if that. So, um which is worth the the 7.99 to me, but I'm guessing the trade is going to be a little bit beefier. Give you more value for your money. I think it's awesome. Mega from Red 5 and Stonebot. Written and illustrated by Salvador Sanz.
0: It's amazing. A yeah, very cool looking creature for sure.
1: Right? You don't know what it is. Like you're looking at it thinking, all right, I think I see where the head is. And it, it, it's kind of anthropomorphic in that it has legs and arms. But the, the, the geometry of the thing is just weird. And the, <laughs> the, the Mega is even stranger when when uh, towards the end of the issue when the mega finally makes an appearance it's like this does not click this does not look like anything i've seen before so uh maybe a little hr Giger going on in here too um, mm-hmm. the, like the land masses have a texture the creature has a texture everything has got a texture i love it it's great i really like to cover the cover to second issue yep and you i mean if you're going to call something mega and it's about a kaiju. Like, I didn't even read the solicit for this.
2: Mm-hmm. I looked at, I
1: looked at the cover. I'm like, boink, ordering it. Right. Pleasantly surprised in the fact that it's very good. So, I mean, yeah. I win. Very cool. Yeah. You do win.
2: You always win. No, I don't always win. Eh. I don't. You kind do. thing I did read that I did get a kick out of um although in some places it's it's uh, well garth really does tend to revisit things that uh, he likes to take the piss out of but this is uh this is marjorie finnegan temporal criminal from uh awa upshot by uh, by garth and his and gorn Zuka. And Miroslav Merva on Colors. Um, this was an eight-issue miniseries that came out uh, mid... It, it, it wrapped up in December. Um, and it's... I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought going in that uh, basically every issue is just going to be her skipping around time and uh, stealing shit. And we get that in the first issue at the start, but that's really the only time we get it. And at that point, at that from then on, it's it's one long story going through um, through the eight issues. Uh, Garth is taking his shots at religion again uh, because the the big bad is uh, is is the Lord of fucking evil and the uh, uh, when we when we meet marjorie she's uh she's going to she's part of the um whores that are going to be put into the tomb with ramses and uh she finds out that you know um you're all going to be suffocated. You're all going to die with him. And she just thought that, you know, they were all going to go in together and then probably slowly die, but she wasn't planning on dying with or before him. So she wanted to make out with, the make away with, with all the gold and tchotchkes and whatnot. So that doesn't go according to plan. So she whips out a shotgun and she starts blowing people away. Um, what happens, though, is when, when you, obviously you're fucking around with time, and this is one of those things where, you know, the whole, if you step in a puddle and you just, you know, trued up some life form and, 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 and fucked with the whole course of history, um, there are these things called, uh, well, there's they do have um they're called realigners. Uh or unfuckers as some people refer to them. Uh but it fixes time. So it it, it basically it puts in a new reality. So it replaces your victim's history. Um so if if, if uh if somebody was hit in the throat with a butt of a rifle, uh there are Alterna fate uh, is um, now he choked to death on a fig. If uh, if somebody um, gets shot in the head, their new fate is now uh, he was run over by a chariot. You know, so it's it just, history's fixing itself as she's going through this. And um, when she does escape, she finally makes it home. Uh, we're introduced... To this head on her table, his name is Tim. He used to have a body. Um, we find out what happens to him in in, in a later issue. But uh, Marjorie's just she's just having fun. She's just she's she's not she's not evil. She's not being mean. She's not um, she 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 does she's not doing this for any reason other than you know she kind of just she's like it's pretty i want it and you know so be it but she she won't necessarily go out of her way to harm somebody just to get something um unless you know you're a really bad person uh so while she's in egypt and and making a mess of things we're we're introduced to uh, harriet harry finnegan who is her sister um and she is a temporal police officer And, uh, her sole purpose seems to be arresting Marjorie. Uh, That's, that's, that's that's all, even when they were little girls, we see flashbacks where Marjorie kept daring or putting Harry in, in harm's way. She, um, you know, she's the reason why Harry is missing an eye. It's because she shot her sister with a crossbow. She, she told her sister, you could fly just like with that tree branch. And then she ends up with the the next panel. We see her in a hospital bed with her leg in a cast. And, um, so she wasn't a very good sister and we're never really told why she behaved this way. If she's just jealous of her little sister, whatever you can think of it, what you will. But as they're older now and, and Harry's a little bit hardened and grizzled, um, she she's really not in the mood to take anybody's shit um, so Tim her portable head uh he's able to jump her in and out of time and uh and and he's he seems to have a crush on Marjorie um Harry picks up on that pretty quickly but um the other side of this is uh, is like I said, the Lord of Evil. The Lord of Evil has he's hanging out in the castle of this dude who kind of looks like the devil um, Stan Stan has red skin. He's got horns uh, small horns uh, and he uh, for some reason he also has two dicks don't know why don't don't don't. well he he modified himself but um they garth finds a way to 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 bring that up and make fun of that but but stan's a bit of an idiot and and he doesn't know that he kind of stepped in it by working with the lord of evil what the lord of evil wants is marjorie she time slipped into um the uh library of alexandria and she ends up with the she steals the unwritten bits well they're written but the parts that didn't make it into the bible and the lord of evil wants those pages because he's going to insert them back in and basically make everything that everybody's believed all their lives um Realizing that you know it, it it didn't necessarily work out the way he wanted to, and and or, or the people you thought were above all and 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 you know reproached, they're they were really pieces of shit. So he's he's not yes he's doing it to to really mess with things, but he's just trying to write uh, put things back the way they they should have been. Um, and because Harriet catches up. To Marjorie um she does end up going to jail so there's a uh there's a sexy prison shower scene uh with some not so sexy people but uh when we find out that uh the reason why Tim is ahead is because he was hit by a bus and he was hit by a bus because he was running out after Marjorie at a bar and um So Marjorie's there. She's on one end of the bar. Tim's on the other end, and he buys her a drink. And before he can finally muster up the nerve to go over and say hi, this better-looking dude comes, swoops in, and just starts talking to Marjorie. And Tim heads into the restroom, and then Pretty Boy goes in after him and he starts talking to me he's like hey man listen i, I want to thank you for uh for buying her that drink um she thought it was me it's great and he's like what the fuck are you talking about he's like yeah man i've been watching you like for the past half hour you've just been i fucking us like mad because you know i i just figured it was because you want to get with her and obviously you don't look like me that's not going to happen and um and tim ends up taking a syringe from a junkie who was in the bathroom stall and the syringe was in the junkie's dick and he sticks it in homeboy's neck so now homeboy's dying and uh so tim goes back out leaves the bathroom and he doesn't see marjorie at the bar so he runs out of the bar and he sees her across the street and he's going to go run and, and yell to her and that's when the bus comes so she she noticed him at the bar and for whatever reason, she felt guilty. So she didn't want to leave him, so she grabbed his head and, and, and she brought it home because she had a... Uh, she's got to... There's a device that Tim's head sits on and and it's able to to keep him alive. But she, so she brings it home and, and he's kind of mechanical at this point, but he's still a human head. But she didn't know his backstory until Tim has to get rebooted because... Um, because of the whole shit that Harry and and Marjorie go through um, on one of their adventures, trying to, when, when, when Harriet finds out that Margie wasn't just being evil and stealing things for the, she has a change of heart when she finds out that the whole reason why Harriet showed up to arrest Marjorie, there was an anonymous tip because Margie's house is like, off the grid in between time you can't find it and when and, and because Marjorie tells her she's been set up um that puts the bug in in Harry and and so she does some some digging and it turns out yeah she was set up and she finds out that it's all between the Lord of Evil and Stan and they're doing this and and Stan's Marjorie's ex-husband and then was in a three-way once and he was really excited about that. So he, he mentioned it to them. He mentioned it to Marjorie on, on their wedding night. And Marjorie's like, yeah, I guess, you know, he was hoping I'd be open to it and we could probably go that route. But then he asked, Stan asked Marjorie. So what's the craziest you've ever been? How, you know, how many, how many of you had? And, and, she says well there was this basketball team once and Stan fucking loses it and he just he he kicks her out he's like i got yeah you slut you whore he's just wigging out and it's so so it's that whole little standard thing but he so he's he's completely against her he tries to kill himself hangs himself she finds him in the bathroom so he's got a voice um modulator now which is weird because it didn't it wasn't noticeable at first and i didn't know why his his word balloons were of that uh, staticky radio wavelength kind of uh, word balloon, but that—that's all explained. It's—it's it's a really—it's—it's it's a crazy, entertaining ride. It would probably make a pretty fun um, movie, but the—it uh, was just it—it it didn't feel. I mean, as, as as I'm reading all eight issues, it didn't feel like you know Garth was patting it out or trying to up to page count it was just uh it it, every issue um moved the story along i thought it was a uh i I thought it was a really um really funky little story it was you know it wasn't something that i would have expected from awa but even in the first issue Gar talks about how you know he's 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 not uh he's not a snob he doesn't really play favorites if you know he'll he'll write something or he'll work with any publisher and um this was a case here and Axel of course has no problem with Garth because it's because of Axel, we got, uh, we got welcome back Frank and everything like that. So they've, they've got a relationship, but, um, but this was just, this was fun. It was, it was, it was quirky. Um, there's, uh, there's, I don't know if, if we could get more, We, we probably could, but if we don't, I think this, um, I think we got everything we kind of need out of it. Uh, the whole, the way they, they explain the time travel and how things get fixed. And, uh, they, of course, there's a, um, there's a January 6th scene where jokes are made and, and it, 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 it works for me because of who's being mocked and everything like that. But it, it was a, uh, it was, it was weird where it was supposed to be. It made me laugh parts. It I, um, I was, it's it's one of the uh it's absolutely one of the better things i've read from awa but i thought uh i mean considering what 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 garth and Gorin did with with a walk through hell this was like a 180 um it's um and marjorie looks great harry's a trip um and you know you kind of feel sorry for tim at, at times but then um maybe not so much but I mean they go to the end of time and they uh, they, the, the, the way they fix things and, and, and I mean the, the, the Lord of Evil he just I mean Garth spends a lot of time on him because we, we get his backstory from the I mean he, he remembers being in the womb he killed his twin um, actually yeah he killed his twin because there's, there's a whole scene where um, it's just him and his brother in the womb and then all of a sudden from the corner of the panel a uh, a straightened out coat hanger emerges and then um so he pushes his twin towards it towards the hook and that's um and and mom mom was fat so mom just thought that yeah you know I got rid of my kid but then uh it turns out that, um mom's a junkie and and her junkie partner is sitting walks by the couch and he's like is that it? Is that a kid on the floor? And yeah, and there's there's a baby attached to an umbilical cord up to, and it's just like it's 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 it goes a little nuts as you would expect, but um, but still, the way it's the way it's explained, the way it's illustrated, mm-hmm. uh, the way everything else plays out, it's it's not it's not necessarily something you you'd read and or or you look at and just think this is this is beyond disgusting i just i i i kind of chuckled and went along with it just because of of in context. in the context of this it uh of course that's what would happen i mean any other book yeah you would probably not want to see it or expect it but um because of everything else going on here they're you know the 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 gloves are off um the the uh there's yeah i i just i thought it was a um I, I thought it was a lot of fun I mean I, I, it wouldn't have um don't know where it would have ended up on um, closkers had I finished it before uh, well if I had finished it when it wrapped up but if if I had finished it before the um before the show but uh but no I um I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a lot of fun for the eight issues it was um if if I don't know. Well, I know AWA does does trade, so if 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 you end up finding it great, cool. I think you might get a kick out of it, depending on how uh, how you feel about certain topics. But if you're a Garth fan, I think you kind of you can expect certain things. There's there's just going to be boxes that are going to get ticked off in a Garth Ennis book. But um, but it looked great. It was funny, and uh, it isn't for. Um, it not for the faint-hearted or easily offended but yeah I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it
0: how oh, so I assume by your glowing endorsement Suzuka so it does a good job with the comedy and all that
2: he really does yeah the faces the faces are great uh, the reaction shots um, some of the things in the background it's a I mean, it's if anybody's familiar with him it's, it's a um, it's more of a it's kind of a streamlined steve Dillon. D- Dillon had had a thicker black line and and uh in some ways similar to gil kane's inking style but uh but this is a little bit more um even-handed uh there's the
0: yeah he's been around for a man I mean, he, he's done yeah. he's done mainstream comics for like at least 20 years because he was the he was the fill-in artist uh on why the last man when pia in the rare, the oh, rare no pia, Gar- pia Garrett could okay. draw and uh I you know, I know he's if he's done a shit ton of Marvel work, I mean as as, as Phil and I don't know if he's ever had like a, a I don't know if he's ever been a lead artist in any of the titles I'm thinking of, but but he's definitely been I've read a lot of issues
2: that he's drawn for sure. Yeah, I definitely think uh I mean it's even it is even parts where it kinda reminds me of Derek Robertson, but um Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, no, it it's I I it, they very complimentary. They they worked really well together. whatever however dark Garth wanted to go. Um, Goran was able to uh, to complement it very well. Respect.
0: So there you have it. I'm trying to think of the last Garth comic I read. I don't. I can't. I don't even know.
2: I don't. Jeez. I mean, before this, I think yeah. For me, it was a walk through hell. I don't remember. I know he's done. he's, he's, he's done some more books and. He's, he just um, seems to be
0: all about the war books. He, I mean, this is not one, which is nice to hear. I, but, he's, yeah, it seems like he's been just doing the war books a lot. Yeah. From, from my, in my mind. My cool.
1: All right. Hey, where do you go where the prices are low to get your books? You go to discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast, and them straight to your door. Closing the lid on these specials. So make it fast and get your order in from IDW Godzilla vs. Power Rangers number one good old Freddie Williams this is $1.99 zombies versus robots classic some Ashley Wood in the house $1.99 and the witches complete collection will cost you $13.99 well in your travels uh, I guess this is a kind of a tag team Because I'm reading this book in tandem with our good friend Mario. Hmm. Yeah, Mario was lucky enough to find this book for Peanuts at Emerald City. And I forgot, but I ordered it. And and it came in my box uh, not long after. And... uh, like myself, Mario has been reading this book slowly because there's a lot of content. It's over 500 pages. And thankfully, it does have a ribbon bookmark because you need it. It was published by Dark Horse. It's the Masters of the Universe newspaper comic strips. And there's a, a, a detailing of just how hard it was to find all of these strips, because the, the thing only ran for four and a half years. Um, and it's been largely forgotten, even by Masters of the Universe fans. So uh, it was not easy to corral all of the strips, and they didn't even manage to find them all. So there are some strips in the back of the book where there's, um, in lieu of the actual strip, you'll get a synopsis of what was contained in said strip because they don't have the original uh, there's not a lot though and uh, I'm going through the credits on this and the uh, there's uh, a woman named Danielle Gelater I'm hoping I'm getting that right she was like the main researcher but who do you think now remember this is Masters of the Universe so it's not a tough question who do you think was the project coordinator and um, advisor on this book no, you're close. um Dr. Hugh himself. Val Mr. Staples. Mr. Val Staples, yeah. yeah. and the, the other. Yeah. The, the cool thing about this book in that it it does revel in the established Masters of the Universe mythology, it adds to it. Like, the first strip is called Day of the Comet, um, written by Jim Shull and drawn by Gerald Fortin. And I think... Like, I always said, I'm not done with the book, because there's just way too much of it. But uh, I think all of the strips were drawn by Gerald Fortin. I'm pretty uh, confident of that. I don't know if they were all written by Jim Schultz. That's the, the the outlier. But um, it's neat in that they're adding characters to the the bank of, of lore of Masters of the Universe. Like, in the first story, there's these rock people. And I... I mean, I was a diehard Masters toy collector for the first couple of years. I don't remember these rock creatures people like they're 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 human looking, but they transform into rocks. And um, we meet this this uh, rock person called Rockon. <laughs> His name Rockon. You got to do the devil horns when you do it. And uh, <laughs> he he's he's actually a meteor. But he's not a meteor. He's this rock person creature. And the thing is, the whole thing is, um, Skeletor, um, and Hordak. It starts off with Hordak. Like, if you're gonna start a Masters of the Universe strip, not only do you have Skeletor, you have the best fucking villain in all of Masters of the Universe, Hordak. Like, it's a win-win situation. But they have this, this, rock person named stonedar which just happens to be the father they have him uh captive and they're threatening him because they also have his daughter and her name's granita (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, her name is granita and it's just it spirals out of there the hordes in it and and it's just goofy masters of the universe based fun like i'm a mark for him man. i i i don't usually traipse too far into the comics like i didn't read the wildstorm stuff or any of that but the mini comics that came with the original um figures and this thing and like i like what dark horse has done with masters of the universe their books are very very high quality they give the 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 line the respect i think it deserves um your opinion may vary but mario has been nagging me to finish the uh, Kevin Smith Masters of the Universe rev- uh, Revelation show. And I'm like, I just didn't... I haven't been able to get to it. He's like, just finish it. Watch the damn show. So I'm like, all right. So I, I'm, I'm watching it. Did you guys finish it?
0: Not yet. I haven't started it, so...
1: All right. Well, I won't spill the beans, but...
0: I, I'm, not, I'm not going to watch it. I, I didn't, didn't you think will, you...
1: Will, no. no, but David will. I didn't think oh. you would. But in the, the, in the, the last couple seconds of the last episode of the second part something happens and that's why he wanted me to watch it because you know it features a character that i think is awesome and so uh i've been putting it off i just watched it tonight like i i watched the whole thing because i forgot what happened in the first couple episodes so i just watched the whole thing over and i'll tell you this is a brief aside if if you're um a toy collector And you happen to uh, sample any of the the various toy collecting YouTube videos, you would think that Kevin Smith walked into these people's houses, and like slit their parents' throats. The the vitriol against Kevin Smith for this Masters of the Universe thing is unbelievable oh yeah like
0: people hate
1: this cartoon right i can't i don't understand it i think that's it's like insane. i think it's one of the best masters of the universe things that's ever been yeah
0: mm.
1: I, I don't, don't know really i think. don't understand the hatred but like and and it'll be like uh, not even masters of the universe related like the the person will, will come on the video and they'll just say yeah it went on a vintage toy hunt." And and my spirits were crushed because I didn't find anything. Kind of like Kevin Smith did to my childhood with Masters of the Universe
0: Revelation. I'm like, I I
1: just I, I I'm sorry. Yeah, just, so
0: just taking a different approach. Like, is it a more adult approach, or like, a, what is the
1: they 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 say that he completely destroyed Masters of the Universe for them. He killed their Masters of the Universe. And I I I mean, in the first part, he does kill Prince Adam, but not really. Right? It, it it works out, you know, in the second. But um they just have I guess because it focuses primarily on Tila. It it's mm-hmm. it's it's a masters of the universe story with all of the requisite characters that just mm-hmm. leans into Tila, maybe a bit too much for these people. I don't know. Maybe the fact that it's called He-Man and it focuses on a woman isn't ru- you know, doesn't rub them the right way. I don't know. I don't get it. But I just think it's ridiculous because if, if uh, solely on the basis of aesthetics and quality and storytelling, I think it's awesome. And I, I defy them to name a Masters of the Universe that is better, like aside from the original, you know, cartoons. But they're the OG, so they're untouchable. I think. But uh, I, I don't understand it. But so yeah, Mario, I saw it, and you're right, it's awesome. So that's my your Travels. Go out. And get Masters of the Universe, the newspaper comic strips, from Dark Horse. It's a massive book. It should have been a Tashin book. That's how big it is. It's a huge, 500-page, glossy, black-and-white with color book that details not only the, the, the four-and-a-half years of the strip, it interviews the people involved in the strip, it shows you what could have been, there's like some design stuff in the back. It's awesome. It's great. As is uh, all of Dark Horse's. Masters of the Universe books—they're great. So go get that because it's it's super, and it's cheap. Um, you would think this book would be like fifty bucks. It's only thirty dollars, and it is—it mm. it's like a library edition. It's it's as big as a, uh, an IDW artist edition, but it's, uh, like about, twice as thick. It's great.
2: That's the uh, that's the book you grab in Seattle, right?
1: That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of jealous, but then yep. I got it in my box. I completely forgot that I ordered it. So we're buddies. Yeah, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm taking my time with it," as am I, my friend, because there's a lot of content.
2: The um, I, I ordered a Tashin book today. Me too. Thanks to Pete on the Slack. Thanks to Pete. You give me some crazy cat. Um, in your. Tr- Travels the hell do I have Um Let's see It wasn't um Yeah see I'm not uh, not Up to date On human target like Jason is Um But I did read I, I, I finally finished the third issue And um guy is such a dick uh we have um today actually or or i no, um there was the i don't think it was this week it may have been this week uh in your travels because i just started it um and i'm hoping it'll end as well as it starts and this isn't a uh I won't have to send a correction next week, but uh, the one-shot Superman and Robin special uh, by Peter Tomasi and uh, Victor Bogdanovich and a bunch of anchors. Um, And this is... I think this may be Tomasi's first time writing the teenage John because the Super Sons, the multiple Super Sons minis, uh, he was still younger. Um, so this, uh, but this this one shot takes place between um, Superman Son of Kal-el uh, one and two. It's not it's not current because also the Fortress of Solitude is present in the story, and um, something happened to that recently in the Justice League. So uh, it's. It's a past story, but it, 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 I don't know. I I really am going to have to finish it and then see how I feel. I don't know. um, Because he doesn't want to do interviews. Uh, We really can't talk to Peter about this and, and, and get his take, but I am pretty sure he feels some kind of way about um about the aging of john and i think um i i might i'm probably projecting but uh there may be something in this one shot that uh comes across that kind of makes me think that way uh but the art the art is solid uh if, if you know Victor's work, you know, he's, uh, very much like, uh, Capullo, um, but the multiple anchors here really aren't, uh, doing him justice. There's, um, the, the Scott Hanna pages look pretty good, um, and Victor himself in spots, but Daniel Henriquez and, uh, Matt Santarelli, I don't, the, the first few pages are a little on the, um, it's a little on the thick side and, and it doesn't, um, it's a little weird, but it, it should be a, uh, it, it also, there's a callback to, um, one of Tomasi's, uh, last issues as a Superman writer, where, uh, Superman and John, where Cal and John went to, um, went to an island and dinosaurs were there. And, uh it was uh I think it was a Superman special. But it was yeah, so 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 Tomasi's definitely messing around with uh with some older story elements, which is always cool to see. Uh I, I ain't mad at that. But uh yeah, it's a little one shot that uh I was looking forward to and I will finally sit down and finish and um like I said, I'm hoping that uh next week after I finish it I won't um wanna do a recall and uh slide something else in this spot but any travels Superman and Robin special number one I was oh go ahead no
1: if I was Tomasi I'd feel some kind of
2: way too I know I'm not saying he's not justified
0: hmm um I I, you know how we we often have had conversations about artists that we maybe didn't groove on at first then we came to love them Mm mm-hmm but there is a flip side to that. Artists that we once we once liked and then kind of lost our luster for it, and I'm sure we each have a list we could rattle rattle off. But like for me, Mark Bagley's one of those. Hmm. You know, like like yeah. I like when I first was reading him, I, I definitely was into his books, and then at some point, I just was like, I don't really love his work anymore. And um, <clears throat> I bring that up because I didn't read the comic that you just talked about, that, but I I did read. Uh, all of uh, Tamaki's Detective Comics run uh, in the last week. And I, I really like Mariko Tamaki as a writer. And then everyone told me how great Detective was. And most of the issues were drawn by an alternating group of Dan Mora and Victor Bogdanovich. Um and I got to say, uh, and again, I haven't looked at the issue that you just referenced, but I, I really disliked Victor Bogdanovich's art in those books. I, I, and I, a part of it is cause he just seemed like he, he, he reminded me of Bagley. I was like, it's like a Bagley clone. And I don't like Bagley. So, um, yeah, I, so I don't know to, I mean, make of that what you will, but I, I was I wouldn't have brought it up. had you not mentioned him, um, in your review? Um, but, uh, artists that we all do love very much, uh, on another DC book. And I won't go into the details because as you mentioned, you haven't read it yet, but human target number four came out uh, this week. And of course it's written by Tom King with art by Greg Smallwood, friend of the show. And, you know, Greg has been doing great work for a long time and I think this is his best. I really do. Um, I remember talking to him a few years back and, you know, he, he, he very much worships Alex Toth. I mean, as do many, but, um, and I remember him saying something to the effect of like the, the, the lesson he took in studying Toth is that Toth was always begging artists to be, uh, to simplify, right. Simplify, simplify, simplify that. That's the, that's the real challenge as a storyteller is to, uh, you know, is to take away all the superfluous line and leave what matters. And, um, and I think Small was doing that in this book. I mean, there isn't a ton of line work, and every line that he puts down is jaw-dropping and poignant, and it looks great. I mean, it, uh, it it's just such a gorgeous book. And in this issue, it's a lot of fun. They they uh, just to as pe- just to remind people um, the Human Target uh, chances is he's been poisoned. Um, the poison was intended for Lex Luthor but uh it it he got it instead and he's got uh just a few weeks to live so he's basically using that time to try and figure out who poisoned him and and enact some revenge he's partnered up with ice and uh they've been going around basically trying to figure out who done it we talked a bit about issue three with guy gardner and all that what a dick he is and in this one they they go to see ted cord and uh and it's just all about them uh, talking to Ted about it, trying to figure out if he's a suspect or if he might have an insight as to who else might might be involved. And uh, the way they portray Ted is just hilarious. And uh you even get to see Ted's nakedness because he, he's got, like, no shame in his game, so he gets naked while he's putting on his costume in front of them, and they're, like, they're completely oblivious to it. But uh, it was a blast. And uh, this book's a lot of fun and gorgeous and... Uh, you know, y'all should be checking it out if you uh, if you haven't. I will say it's got a a, a a slightly more, even though chance is dying, it's he's got a slightly more upbeat, fun tone to it than uh, some of Tom's other recent work. So, uh, so you know, that's that's it's nice. It's nice to have a little bit of a different for a different uh, tone, a little more, a little more upbeat and aloof. So, really enjoying it.
2: And you you have to pay attention because um, there's this. There's a scene, you have to pay attention throughout each issue, but there's a, um, there's a moment in the third issue where Ice and uh, Chance go to see Booster, who's opening up a bagel shop, and um, it's, it's subtle, and you don't notice it. You may not notice it, and then it doesn't dawn on you until the end of the issue, but there's a close-up of, uh, of Booster and Chance shaking hands and then i used to saying goodbye and whatnot and then on the bottom the last panel on the page booster is waving goodbye and we're looking at booster from behind and it's innocent enough you don't you don't notice anything but when you get to the end of the issue and you find out that uh Chance's friend Luigi is uh is flying Chance says that uh, he's going to need the ring back before Booster knows he's missing. And if you go back to the bottom panel, you'll see that when Booster's waving, he is missing his ring. So it 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 really, I mean, Greg is absolutely fantastic, but I I, I love those little things where if if you see it, cool, you're in on it. But if you don't, you it's easy enough to go back and and check your work. And uh, and it's it 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 made me smile. It it was definitely one of those things where I was like, that's. All right, I'm I'm tipping my hat to you, but no, it's, yeah, it's I, I I like the way Tom is portraying the human target. Uh, Right now, the jury is still out for me on uh, on the portrayal of the uh, of the Justice League International characters, but I'm. I'm definitely long for the ride. I, just, I you know, it got to keep in mind that it's, it's, it's a black label book, not necessarily in continuity or anything like that, but, um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it looks absolutely gorgeous. So that, that, that doesn't hurt. Well, I mean, look,
0: Tom is a divisive creator, right? Uh, and absolutely. I think, I think people love or hate him because of what you just said. I mean, he, he's kind of making a name for himself by, um, giving DC characters a uh, personality uh, examination. And a lot of times some people seem to take issue with the way he chooses to portray them. For me, it works like a charm, but again, I'm not nostalgic for these characters in the way that many people are, you're included. So I, 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 I don't know, for example, if he did the same at Marvel with some of my, most treasured characters would it irk me I don't know uh cuz he hasn't been at Marvel since Vision but um but I love the Vision so I I don't I I, I tend to think I'd be cool with it there too but yeah I, I I get that like I I get that I mean I have very little uh historical um attachment to the Justice League International uh characters so I'm fine with this but I I could see how it might be a little off putting if you're worship at the altar of, of the classic G.I.L.I. There
1: you go. And we can put a little spin on the Bagley comments that you made mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. I was um, a big fan up until a certain point, And then, like you, I fell off the Bagley uh, train. But I got to say, Bagley and Richard Eisenov, butter. Yeah just yeah. absolute butter the the covers that he did for uh Ultimate Spider-Man when Isenove did the colors for him oh my god they're gorgeous yeah
0: well sure i mean Bagley on the Ultimate Spider-Man was yeah i
1: mean yeah but i'm not talking about the the interiors
2: i think yeah because you did not vince did not care for uh crack Gwen no she looked very harsh yeah
1: and 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 like hawkish no, just and just right. yeah uh stop but um the the covers like when when they they did the 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 marvel knights uh section or, or storyline with the punisher and moon knight and like those covers are just amazing yeah uh, yeah i wish isonov and bagley would work together on interiors like that would be phenomenal but it probably would take forever to get out but what if, mm-hmm. what if? Yeah. yeah i'm not saying bagley's bad i just i just fell off you know the appreciation train yeah uh, no for whatever exactly. for whatever reason yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right everybody yo thank you for being here with us this time around we'll be back very soon with the book of the month and oh, in, oh the month in case you forgot uh it's very timely book of the month it because is. we are reading art spiegelman's pulitzer prize winning book mouse for next time so i'm sure it's going to be laden there's some
0: holes in this mouse there's some holes in this mouse
1: it's going to be laden with some uh uh flavor text some some commentary on current events probably if i know my boys so come back for that. In the meantime, if you want more of this, go to Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, uh, all that shit. Um you can you, you can you can listen to us on Podchaser, podcast pickle, all that. Uh we're everywhere. Uh because we're like horse shit. You can't go like any- a virus. Yep. Well, you can't go anywhere without stepping in some EOC.
0: No vaccine though.
1: But we're glad you're here. We're glad you, you put up with us. Uh, come back next time. We love you so much. In the meantime, say good night. I don't have a noisemaker. I could pull Freddy out again, but that's boring. I did that a <laughs> couple episodes ago. Um, I should get. You know what kills me that a soundboard doesn't work with our recording devices? If I had a soundboard, mm-hmm. oh, you'd be hearing burps and farts through the entire episode. <laughs> It's not a tumor. Not a tumor. Ah. David. Good
2: night.
1: I think a PC will allow you to install a soundboard on some of the recording devices. So I don't know. It may be worth looking into a cheap-ass PC desktop just to record. But then my baby would be neglected. And I don't know if I could do that.
0: (laughs) My baby takes the morning train.
1: I actually I actually hate your favorite era of music. I hate
0: it.
2: <laughs>
1: that that mu- that era of music was like saltpeter to me. It was like
0: Ugh! I don't know that that's my favorite music but that is a song that definitely came to mind when you just said that. No, uh,
1: your the, the your golden age of music oh, yeah. is like 85 to Nine, 95, around there?
0: A uh, little, little. I mean, 95 was still, I mean, a little later than that, like, until the, probably like 98, 99. Okay, yeah. Because I graduated in college in 96, so. Okay. Pouring out for my boys, the Bostones, they have broken up after 30 plus years together.
1: You used to go see them, like, all the time, didn't you? Yeah,
0: I've probably seen them a dozen times. Wow. Wow. Pouring out for Dickie and crew, they called it quits, man.
1: Well, good for them. Did they go out on a high, though?
0: I, well, uh, I don't know. What do you, I mean.
1: Do they have an album that did well? Oh,
0: no, no. I mean, they've put out, I mean, they're out, like many groups, I mean, their best stuff is was long okay. ago. I mean, they continue to put out new music, but I, I don't think anybody cares.
1: It's tough. Yeah,
0: myself included, by the way. I mean, I, 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 couldn't tell you. I don't think I've listened to a single track on like their last four or five albums.
1: Nice job, you killed the Boston's. I, I guess, guess
0: so. I mean, bastard.
1: <sighs> we'll be back, people. Say goodnight gentlemen.
0: Good yep. night, gentlemen's and women's and peoples. Non-binary folk, love you all. My (laughs) god Longest good night ever.
2: That's it for that one.